Hey everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Here's a quick look at what's coming up on the show. For me personally, the idea kind of turned me on. Like, oh, someone wants to buy my underwear and then, you know. Um, So I actually didn't do this one. But I got a request to act like a chicken for a minute. I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I don't know why, but it was for a hypnosis fetish. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud. If me and a bison or buffalo were running a 40 and had to start at the same, you know, shotgun start, I would beat it by half the distance. I guarantee it. No. I would. No, you wouldn't. This episode is going to be all about you guys. And the reason that we're doing this is because I'm a really superstitious person, really superstitious, especially when it comes to any kind of good news. I'm a firm believer in the idea that if you might have something going for you and you kind of acknowledge that this thing is a possibility, if you make any kind of an effort to reach out and grab it, it immediately slips away. I'm super superstitious about stuff like that. Like before I moved to Arizona, I work in news broadcasting, and there was a possibility that there were some places that were interested in hiring me. I wouldn't tell anybody because I felt like even even uttering the name of the city, if I told anyone, even that, that opportunity would immediately disappear. I say all of this because this podcast is headed in a certain direction. I'm not going to say which direction it is because that is too superstitious for me, but I will say that it is entirely, it is entirely because of our guests and because of you guys, our listeners. And I just want to say thank you for that. And as a thank you to that, we're going to make this show entirely about you guys. One of the people that you guys have been asking us to interview over and over again is a cam girl. If you don't know what a cam girl is, Look it up. That's what I'm going to say. You'll be able to figure it out that way, okay? I think I think really everybody knows what a cam girl is. And we found we found somebody who's really interesting. And not only does she have a really interesting story, she was very honest about it when we asked her a number of different questions. So let's go ahead and get right to that. This is Lily Allegro. The name Lily Allegro, how did how did you pick that? Okay, so it took me, I think, a week or two to, like, really figure out who I wanted to be. You know, there are so many different options. You can go with the stereotypes. Uh, a lot of porn stars use, you know, certain last names and whatnot. Um, and I wanted something that kind of stood out a little bit more, was a little more elegant uh, and kind of cute as well, because I feel like that's more of my character. So I came up with Allegro first. It is a musical term. Um, I'm very into music. Uh, I was in choir in high school, very involved. So that was just kind of a no-brainer for me. And then Lily just kind of really made the name like flow. So that's how I came up with, you know, Lily Allegro. Um, how did How did you ultimately get into it? Okay, so I got into sex work through selling my panties. Um, I was selling them on Craigslist 
and it was just kind of something I did for fun. I thought it was very interesting, and I just needed a little extra money for, like, vacations and stuff when I was, I think, 19, so it's been about four years now, Um, and then I started to really enjoy it. I really liked it, and I got more and more into it through pictures and then I started doing videos and moved on to other platforms like Snapchat and then I started my social media and you know just built from there and then I finally started camming. When you first started out like you were talking about on Craigslist were you surprised that people wanted to buy them? I mean was that shocking to you in any way or was that something that you that that maybe other people would think was was something and to you it wasn't? Well, I've always been very into sexual education and stuff of that nature, so I didn't really find it like, whoa, shocking, I can't believe people like that kind of thing. It was kind of more like a, oh, okay, I I think I can kind of understand the reasoning why guys are so into that. And for me personally, the idea kind of turned me on, like, oh, someone wants to buy my underwear and then, you know, use that for their own sexual pleasure. Like, I feel like people only pretend to be shocked. Like, no one is really ever shocked about stuff like this. (laughs) Yeah, well, I have also seen the people who are, like, really, truly shocked and just could never, never would have imagined, like, certain fetishes, not even just, like, panties, but even just, like, things that are very common like foot fetish and stuff like that i'm a big believer that however you get down is however you get down some of that stuff had you even heard of it necessarily like i didn't even know that some of that stuff kind of existed i never would have thought of it (laughs) yeah that's what you learn in the industry it's very interesting and fascinating um one of the ones that i learned about not too long ago that i was actually pretty shocked about Um, They're called Lunars. They are people who fetishize balloons. uh, I have never heard of that. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, And for me, I like psychology. So whenever I hear about a new fetish, um, I'm always trying to figure out how did this person learn they liked this? How did it become a fetish for them? What kind of sexual pleasure do they get from you know certain things like balloons what have you kind of figured out because that to me is also fascinating like how how did people discover that they were attracted to balloons i mean how does what have you kind of found out about it um so i've never personally talked to somebody who's had that fetish but if somebody has a fetish like foot fetish like i don't personally have that fetish i cater to it um so i have asked people like oh how did you realize or figure out that you liked feet and you know most of the time the person says it wasn't anything specific just when I meet a girl I realized that I started looking at their feet and seeing if they had cute feet and that's kind of how I realized it. Do you have a lot of clients or do you have generally more just a certain number of very loyal ones? It depends really um I have a lot of followers, and from those followers, I get the one-offs, people who just want a video, people who just want a custom photo set, people who just want 
one private session. And then I do have um, a good sized number of loyal people who come back, you know, maybe every other week or once a month or something like that for panties or a private session. How much do you sell them for? Um, it really depends. Uh, I am very fetish friendly, so a lot of my stuff is customizable. So panties can range from, you know, 35 to $50, depending on what the person specifically wants. If they want more wear time, if they want me to come in them, take extra pictures, take a video, that kind of thing. And then, you know, it's the same for videos. It depends on how long they want it. It depends on if they want me to say their name or if they want me to use certain toys or anal or do a public video or something like that. When you sell them or when you sell one of these videos, do you wonder what people are kind of doing with them? Or are you just, I'm not thinking about that? Or do you enjoy (laughs) thinking about what they're doing with them? Um, I generally enjoy knowing that my clients are getting satisfaction out of the things that I'm producing. I love hearing feedback, um, especially when, like, I send out a pair of panties and then a week or two goes by and I'm not sure if they even got them. And then I hear back from them, like, oh, that was such a great pair. I just got around to opening them. I enjoyed them so much. Like, that's why I like this job so much you know I get that personal feedback and all the positivity goes directly to me it makes sense it really does make a lot of sense in that regard now do you do most do you do any of your work in person or is it mostly just videos or online so I don't offer any escorting services I don't do in person Um, the only time I really meet up with people or like interact in person is at conventions. So recently, last weekend, I went to Exotica, New Jersey, and I got to meet some people who come to my cam room, some people who have been longtime fans, and that kind of thing. Is that an interesting experience? Is that kind of an awkward experience, or what is that like? Cause... <laughs> so I am an introvert, <laughs> so getting out there, you know, that's kind of the reason why I don't do a lot of escorting services. I'm a very shy kind of Um, introverted person but on cam I'm in my safe space I'm in you know my room so I can really let out my sexuality and become a little more extroverted on cam Um, so in person it is a little hard at times um, but in the end I'm more excited to meet these people who have been supporting me and that's kind of what I'm thinking about you know when they come and see me so it's, it's really not like super awkward or anything like that I really enjoyed it and um, while I was meeting these people I was actually on cam at the Chatterbait booth so it was kind of a weird mixture of like in person and online communication at the same time Mm -hmm. Were you ever kind of, I'm going to use this word but I don't mean this word Did did you feel at all that maybe you got into this, were you ever kind of in a situation where you had to suppress your sexuality early on and then that came out this way or or am I you mean like uh during my childhood yeah okay so I was very awkward about talking about sexuality I never felt that anyone was suppressing it um if anything I was suppressing it because I was embarrassed about it and I didn't really know how to communicate or talk about it 
So I feel like as I got older, you know, 18, 19, when I started sex work is finally when I was like, okay, I want to show my sexuality. I am a sexual person. I enjoy these things and I, I want people to know about it. And I want people to understand that sex is good, you know, that kind of stuff. Basic sexual education, because I feel like we don't have enough of that. Um, not even just in the U.S., but like worldwide. Yeah, I mean, I think that just in terms of we did an interview a couple of episodes ago with the dominatrix, and one of the things that she said was like, there's a lot more people that are into this kind of thing than mm-hmm. you would necessarily suspect, <laughs> you know, suspect or believe. Is it, I mean, when you do like a cam room, how many people will you have on there watching at any given time on average? On average, probably like 30 or 40, maybe up in the 50s. I get some nights. Or even when I was at Exotica, I had over a 1,000 people in my room. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, some of these top girls, they've got thousands and thousands of people watching them every single night. Do you feel most comfortable in that, or do you feel that there's a lot of pressure? Um, I feel most comfortable in that kind of situation because those numbers tell me that people are enjoying my show. I've just personally never never done never participated in one of those rooms. How does that kind of go? Like walk me through what that process is. You just log on and people find you or how does it work? So you log on and then you have like on Chatterbait there's a little send people send your followers an email that you're online and then you can also like i have my premium snapchat so i'll tell my premium snapchat hey i'm online right now come say hello and then i'll post on twitter you know so people have a link to come and find me and then as i'm camming um if it's a good night i'll get a bunch of you know new random people coming in maybe they'll follow me Maybe they'll come back another time. Maybe they'll just go follow my social media. And that's how you build a following. Will they go into private rooms or anything with you? Yeah. Um, usually if it's like like my regulars are there, we're having a good chat, we're talking and stuff like that. Um, I tend not to go into privates because I prefer to value the time of my regulars who came to see me. Um, Or I will ask them, like, hey, are you guys okay with me taking, like, a five-minute break to do this session real quick, and then I'll be right back, and then they'll wait for me. So it kind of just depends. You have to read the room. Um, If it's not busy at all, if there's nobody around, someone asks for a private, sure, let's do it. When you go to the conventions, was that the first convention that you had gone to? No. So I've gone to that same convention um, the past two years. The first year I went, I only went on Sunday, which was kind of like the packing up day. Nobody's really doing anything day. And I wasn't really into sex work. I started full time, like, I want to say two years ago now. How did you make that decision? Um, (laughs) I was having a terrible time at my what we call vanilla job. So there's sex work and then everything else that's not sex work is a vanilla job. Oh, I have a vanilla job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I was having a really hard time at my vanilla job. My manager at the time just was a jerk and made me cry out of frustration. And I just quit um, on the spot. And I was like, 
am I going to make it? Is this going to be fine? And then I put all my time and effort into content creation, making videos, and finally getting onto cam and um, all these other things. And it just started really working out. Yeah, good for you. I mean, just to say F it and do something else. Yeah, it was definitely like such a good feeling when I realized I could really support myself on my own without needing a company or anything like that. Are are you doing pretty well? Are you getting to the point where you're doing pretty well? Are you comfortable or how would you describe your living? I'd say I'm comfortable where I am, but I would like to continue growing um, so that I can support other things like my education. Um, I'm currently in school and, you know, different things like that. I could definitely, um, you know, use extra money to put into the business. Like I bought a really nice camera to make really good videos. I have my softbox lights. You know, there's always something that can be put into this business, whether it's, you know, outfits. I use a vacuum sealer bag for panties. You know, there's always something that you could use for this business. It's a business. Like, you've got to invest. you got to spend money to make money. You mentioned that you were going to school. What are you going to school for? So this actually always surprises people. I'm going to school for mechatronics I- and computer drafting. What is it again? Sorry, I the mic broke up real quick. Mechatronics and computer drafting. Okay, I know what the second one is. I don't know what the <laughs> mecha- mechatronics is. Just um, mechanical and electronics. That's one of those things that I know what it is, but I don't know what it is. So computer drafting is, you know, computer aided design, AutoCAD, oh, Revit, okay. SolidWorks, that kind of stuff. Um, the mechatronics part of it helps for engineering concepts. So I would be doing stuff like working for a company that produces something, um, okay. manufactures something. What? How did you get into that? What about that interests you? So I had always wanted to do some sort of engineering type thing. I was always very mechanically minded um, growing up. I always wanted to know how things worked, how things were put together and created. So that kind of was just very natural for me. And as I got into college, I started taking, you know, AutoCAD classes and stuff for engineering. And then I really liked the drafting side of things. Are you worried that as you move into that career or if you move into that career, that the current career could affect that? Yeah, I mean, that's always a concern. But I will always, always, always be some sort of sex worker or sex advocate I feel like as I get older and I move out of the industry, which won't be for years and years, I'll still do private sessions and sell my panties and then eventually maybe get to a point where I can do sexual education at conventions and things of that nature. The first time you did the the cam stuff, were you really nervous? What was that like? I was so nervous. Oh, my goodness. I put off getting on cam for over a year. People kept pushing me to do it and just asking me, like, hey, Lily, like, you should try MFC or Chatterbait or whatever campsite they were on. And I was like, wow, what if people don't like my personality? Because I am not a super sensual, like, every second I'm just, like, in a different sexual position, like, 
dirty talking the whole entire time kind of person. I can do that for videos, you know, when it's a specific length, like five to ten minutes. That's fine. But in a cam room, you kind of have to be more yourself. And I'm kind of more not so much goofy, but relaxed and down to earth and stuff like that. So I really didn't know if that's what people were going to be into and like. And there was a lot of regulars who really wanted to see me. And I was like, what if they just don't like me? And they're not going to like buy my videos anymore because I'm not super sexual all the time. But it's been great. People love genuine. They love when you're real with them. Are those conversations in the cam rooms, are they mostly of a sexual nature, or are you ever just having regular conversations? Oh, I have regular conversations all the time. Sometimes it's not even a light, happy conversation. Sometimes, you know, real-life stuff happens. A regular's pet passed away, and or someone's getting a divorce or something like that. These things happen. And if my room can be a safe space for them to even talk about those kinds of hard-to-talk-about conversations, then so be it. I welcome that, and I really enjoy being able to help people, even if it's not necessarily sexual. I have found that people can sometimes be very open and honest easier with people that they don't know rather than with people that they do know in person. Do you do you know any of your regulars? Like, have you ever met them in person? Um, so I did have a regular come to Exotica recently who um, was just an online person, and then I met him. But none of, like, my super, like, what we call whales in the industry are are really, really high tippers who tip a lot and very frequently. I haven't met with any of them. How much is, like, a whale to to qualify as that? How much is that Um, person given? I mean, there's no set amount, but usually it can be whatever you decide. If it's 25% of your overall earnings, 50%, some of them are crazy, you know, 80% of your overall earnings, that kind of thing. What's the most that you've gotten like in one for a video or for a pair of panties or as a tip? So my highest tip, I believe, was 5,000 tokens. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Was that for something very specific or was that just kind of a hey nice job yeah so a lot of those big numbers that you see cam models get i see like youtube compilation videos sometimes of these models getting ridiculous amounts and freaking out um but what you don't see is a lot of those people are regulars they come to the room they see them you know this is not just a random person they know them very well and they just decide like I need to show this person um, how much I I like them, and I want them to know that they're doing a good job. I want to make their day. Do you ever feel, not you, not you specifically, but do you ever feel as if maybe people in this industry could be taking advantage of people, or do you feel like this is a mutual kind of back-and-forth thing? I do feel like a lot of models um, take advantage of clients and vice versa. At first, I feel like um, I was kind of taken advantage of a little bit because I didn't know better, you know. People try and scam or get better deals out of you, that kind of thing. You have to be very business-minded in this kind of industry. Um, So I feel like it goes both ways. It's not just 
the model or the client that's always going to be trying to take advantage of the other. What's kind of your most interesting request or custom that you've gotten that you've been like, whoa, that's kind of different, buddy? Um, so I actually didn't do this one, but I got a request to act like a chicken for a minute. I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I don't know why, but it was for a hypnosis fetish. That's, that seems kind of like it'd be easy to do though. You'd think, you'd think. And then I, you know, I, I tried, I put on the camera and I tried to do it and maybe I could do it now. This was two years ago. Um, but at the time I just couldn't sit there and cluck like a chicken and flap my arms. I, I, that makes sense to me. Like in one hand I could see like, wow, that's pretty easy money. And on the other hand, I'm not doing that. You know, (laughs) I, 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 I get it both ways, I guess. Is there one kind of thing that you're specifically like, I really enjoy doing this? Ooh, okay. So for me personally, I really like public play. Um, That's kind of one of my personal fetishes that I love catering to. And that's just like you go, you go out to like a specifically place where there's people, or you're just kind of going to a place where there could be people. Um, Usually, a place where there could be people, like my car in a parking lot, or you know, the locker room at my gym, or something like that. And or um, a lot of times, I go to changing rooms. What if somebody like walked in on you? What if, right? That's kind of the the sexy, like, ooh, what if we get caught kind of thing. Do you have an explanation already in your head? Nope. <laughs> I've never even considered giving an explanation. I'd probably just, like, stare at them and see who wins. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that would be the best way to handle it, but that, <laughs> that would certainly be a way to handle it. Stare off. Yeah. Look, you can't go wrong uh-huh. with a good stare off. Um, yeah. I have not, I may be completely wrong on this. Are there men generally in, in your videos? How do you find the men? Um, so I work with both men and women, but when looking for random people, I only search for well-known female models. The men in my videos, um, are all people I know personally who are, you know, just very good friends or people that I know that I can trust. You mentioned you were into music. What kind of music? Okay, so if you enter my cam room on any given day, most likely what you'll find is classic rock or like 80s rock slash pop music, that kind of stuff I tend to listen to quite frequently. Um, I'm also very into metal music. I listen to a lot of Korn, um, Avenged Sevenfold. And I really like different pop genres, kind of more synth pop, purity ring, that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, Sometimes I have a vinyl record player and I have quite a few records and I'll play them for my cam room. If you're going to go 80s rock, who are you going to put at the top of that? Oh my god, that's so hard. Um, Probably should start with a J. Are you talking Journey? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love Journey. I do have one of their vinyls. Oh. Um, Police Sticks. Yeah, some of those are really good. Anything else that you're kind of like, any hobbies or anything like that? Oh, I have so many hobbies. 
Um, I used to be more into baking, but I don't really have the people to give the food away to, so I would just be eating it all myself. Um, <laughs> so I don't yeah. really do too much baking, but I do plan on doing some cam shows while baking and then doing some things that I can vacuum seal and maybe send out to people. Um, I love arts and crafts. I did this really cool paint project um, in spring where we did a really messy show on cam and I covered my body in paint and then like pressed my boobs up against a canvas and it's just like my the outline of my tits and then we even put like white paint around my nipples so that you could tell and then we did one for my butt too and then I raffled those off. Do you I mean has ever anybody ever recognized you like at the grocery store or anything like that? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm like that big, you know, not like some well-known porn star or anything like that. But even if they did, like I don't think it would be that big a deal. In terms of like your your family and friends, have do they have certain opinions about this or So some of my family and friends know what I do. I was very honest with the, like even my best friend. She knows everything about what I do. Um, they, most of them, I'd say about 80% are very, very positive about it, which is very nice because there is a stigma, stigma for sex workers, unfortunately. So I was very lucky that most of them were uh, very open-minded about it and even want to hear about it. That's the kind of thing that that would worry me, I guess, in the sense that could somebody find you through these videos or through that online cam? Like, they can't track Mm -hmm. it back or anything, can they? I mean, if they know me in real life and they see me on cam, they now know who I am as my stage name. And, I mean, that's kind of how some of my family found out. Somebody told them, which isn't very nice. Um... But unfortunately, that's kind of one of the risks you have to accept when you decide to put yourself out there. Were Were you upset because they told them or because you didn't have a chance to tell them? Mostly the second part. I wish I had given them uh, my side first and been able to explain things the way that I wanted to explain them uh, instead of somebody else just kind of throwing it out there any which way they wanted I don't know. I just like to encourage a lot of people um, to go check out cam sites. I feel like a lot of people, even a lot of my regulars on Snapchat and stuff like that, are, for whatever reason, scared of cam sites. And I feel like a lot of that probably comes from, like, you're browsing on um, a porn site when you're underage, and you click on a link, and it takes you to a cam site, and there's all these pop-ups, and it's kind of scary. So... I feel like that's kind of the reason a lot of people kind of don't want to check out campsites or kind of freaked out, don't know what's going on. Um, But honestly, I feel like even if you don't get tokens, even if you're just gray, you are just talking or just watching, go check out a campsite, see if it's something you like, if it's something you're interested in. Um, I personally enjoy watching cams and have tipped other models in the past. If somebody's looking to get into it, I mean, what would you give them for advice into how to do it? So I've been asked a few times by different people trying to get into the industry, where do I start? 
what do I do to start making money? And that's kind of, people think it is easy money. You're going to start making all this money right away. And you have to understand it is a business that you are building up. So you need to start with your social media. You know, I have Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter that I run all week long by myself. And then you have to figure out where you're going to sell, what you're going to maybe specialize in like I specialize tell people that I'm fetish friendly that kind of thing like where are your boundaries you need to figure out all this information are you not to kind of dwell on this because obviously you're very comfortable with it what about the idea like you're 50 and some of this stuff might kind of still because the internet lives forever Mm -hmm. are you worried about that are you just like if that happens it happens yeah, I'm not worried about it at all. Like, if if I'm 50 and someone sees my porn from when I was in my 20s, I'm going to be like, yeah, look, I was hot. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> response, dude. I want to thank Lily Allegro so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, the best way to do that is just to go to our social media, Profoundly Pointless. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. And we have linked to her through all of our accounts. The reason that I say it's the best way to connect with her is because she's got a couple of different names on different accounts. So depending on which one that you want to use, it's probably easier just to go ahead and go to ours and then you can find hers through that. I thought it was really interesting hearing her story and you can kind of see the appeal of cam girls in the sense that you're not, you're not interacting with a character. You're talking to a real person. And you can hear in her answers that she's incredibly genuine. Now let's go ahead and switch over to John Shaw. John has John has really surprised me in the last couple of days. He is now a dad, and he is he is starting to be more mature. And usually when we would do a podcast episode, he would text me for a day or two after that episode aired, and then I would not hear from him again. Now though, He has been consistently more involved. He's still not really accomplishing a lot, but he is, he's taking steps towards that direction. He even downloaded this WhatsApp that I've been asking him to do for about the last six months. Let's see if he actually answers when we call on the WhatsApp. On the WhatsApp, I'm going to go ahead and bet no. Wait a second. I cannot believe you actually answered. You can't believe that I answered. You answered on the WhatsApp thing. I'm not entirely sure how I answered it, but I answered it. So I you don't know. D- I think it's on the WhatsApp app. So you don't actually know what you did? I have no idea what I did. All I know is I connected the WhatsApp app to my phone and my contacts, and I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that works. I put... <laughs> Right before I called you, I put a 0% chance that you would know how to answer on the WhatsApp. Let's see. It says WhatsApp voice call, so I assume that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i so thrown off by the fact that you were competent that I don't know what you, what to do, really. Well, I mean, this is a very small percentage of uh, competentness that I'm showing. But I did do one thing that you asked me to do, so I, I feel like that's a victory. It's only taken, this would be our 19th episode, and we do one a week, so that would be six months. <laughs> hey, you know what? The America's changing, we're changing, 
you know, we're just, we're making that change. You're becoming so much more mature now that you have a kid. I mean, I'm proud of you. Between being exhausted and everything else in life, I'm surprised I have enough energy to talk to you for half an hour every week. I'm not going to lie to you. Do you feel like you have, do you feel like you've got your stuff more together now that you have a kid? Oh, absolutely not. I feel pulled in more directions than, than anything. Do you and, feel... You know, though I, I do feel there's a certain stigma that comes with having, you know, being a parent. I feel like people automatically assume that you have your shit a little more together, even though you 100%. Most most people, parents that I talk to have no idea what they're doing. No, no. I think everybody is basically just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. <laughs> Speaking of, my, my daughter may randomly cry throughout this episode, so I'm just I'm just letting everybody know that I am not a, an abusive father. She just loves to eat. Yeah, she sounds like your kid, basically. <laughs> hey, I lost a half a pound according to the scale this morning. Thank you, you very much. Half a pound, though, is too negligible, man. You might have just – that might have just been an unusually big one. Well, yeah, you didn't really ask me how I lost it, and I wasn't going to elaborate, but – did you start working out? Uh, I start. I started doing cardio again. Don't say cardio. What's What's wrong with that? Hold on. Before we get into anything else, I want to know. I want to know publicly what the benefits of this WhatsApp are because I feel like I'm just talking to you, like as we normally would. Well, I would say the main benefit right now that I can hear is I don't hear you breathing in the background. The signal of the call is better. Well, hold on. Is that better? Yeah, that's usually how, when we call through a voice call, that's usually how they are, is that when I'm talking, I can hear in the background this. <sighs> I was hoping for 19 weeks that you wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have caught up on that at all. Well, it's not just me that noticed it. Several other people noticed it as well. Damn it. Oh, well, it happens. It's okay. Are you a mouth breather? I am not a, I will, I don't think I'm a mouth, uh, yes, I'm a, I'm a mouth breather, 100%. It's okay, I'm a mouth breather too. I'm one of those annoying people that like, if you go on a road trip with me or, you know, if we're staying in the same hotel room or something, if we're like on a, uh, on a trip, like you, you can guarantee that I'm going to be sleeping with, with my mouth, with my mouth wide open. But I don't see how that's annoying. I mean, I can't see you. <laughs> but like, you can hear me. You know how like most people just snore and you can hit them or you just choke them till they die like with a mouth breather. It's really hard to mess with us when we're sleeping because if you get anywhere near like our mouth and try to, you know, pull a prank or you know, do anything like that, like we're going to wake up and odds are we're going to freak the hell out and kick the shit out of you. So really, if you think about it, being a mouth breather is better for the survival of the species. I mean, I'm 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 entirely I'm entirely sure we talked about like survival of the fittest at some point in one of these podcasts and we did not talk about being a mouth breather like as a plus surviving but i I think we should add it i think it's more advantageous number one you're obviously getting more oxygen you don't have to worry about the colds you can continue (laughs) to breathe normally throughout that you can breathe and eat at the same time very easily and like you mentioned less of a chance of being killed at night I mean, all those that you just mentioned are positives in my book. I don't really see the downside to being a mouth breather. It's (laughs) Except people are going to hate you in crowds. 
And you're probably going to, you know, not be able to record podcasts over regular phone calls. But do you, are you a, a subtle mouth breather or are you like mouth wide open mouth breather? Well, I, I like, <laughs> first off, this is a great topic. Secondly, I'd like to think that I'm a subtle mouth breather, but I feel like that's kind of saying that in the mirror, I picture myself as a 150 pound man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I saw I mean, a, I, I've been putting on some. I, I've been putting on some weight. I saw a picture of myself the other day. I'm like, whoa! I gotta, I gotta get this under control. Well, have you had like any podcast segments about your erectile dysfunction and how you use the pump? No, I. That's I haven't gotten into that. I was trying to keep that to myself. Well, I mean, that's. I, I'm just trying to help you out there. That's probably why you've gained the ten pounds is because you know. When your dick weighs 46 pounds, it's hard to keep it in. You know what I mean? Well, the problem is, is that I haven't found a pump small enough yet. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure we could find you a pump. Actually, I don't even want to be involved in that. I'm sure one of our uh, uh, podcast guests, whom I will not name, uh, could probably help you with anything uh, like that, I'm sure. How good of a friend do you have to be with someone to go buy like a penis pump with them? Well, I mean, I, I think <laughs> that's a great question. I think there's two. Like, if you're going to be serious, I think if you're a good friend and like, and and and, a, and one of your friends actually has some issues, I think that's you're being a good friend. Now, if you're just going the gag gift, then I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that. What if you just want to go to buy one? Just to ha- just to have one laying around the house, just to, just for a rainy day. No explanation given. <laughs> I mean, I could probably think of three or four friends I go with. Sure, why not? That's I think moving, buying a penis pump. That's how you know you're good friends with somebody. <laughs> or, or when you're you know helping them move out of their condo and they want you to move their motorcycle, black bat or whatever you call it. The black bat, baby. Technically, you didn't move the motorcycle; you relocated it. What's the difference? There is no difference. Well. No, there really isn't, I guess, when you get right down to it. There's a difference in my mind, though. You and I had a conversation that you wanted to start doing more stuff with the website. I want to hear what you want to do. But first, I'm going to incorporate something that I wanted to do with the podcast, which is random animal facts. Did you know <laughs> Did you know that a bison runs at 35 miles an hour? Not on average, right? No, I think that's top speed. Where does the bison rank amongst the top sprinters in the the animal world? I think it's probably pretty average, actually. I mean, it's a 1,500-pound animal. I was going to say, we're talking about, like, like me running a 40 here, right? Like a full-on buffalo, like an 1,800-pound buffalo. You realize that that means that a 1,400, 1,500-pound buffalo could run the 40 in half of the time that you could? Yeah, but not not from start to finish. They can't start from zero and run uh, run a 40 as fast as I can. Yeah, they, any human. First of all, there's no way that that could possibly be any kind of factual basis because you know nothing about what a buffalo runs like. And number two, <laughs> obviously when you have enough muscle to get 1,500 pounds moving at 35 miles an hour, they could run a 40 faster than you could. Well, I don't think you listen. I said they probably could. If they weren't starting from zero, but if 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 
<laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud. If me and a bison or buffalo were running a 40 and had to start at the same, you know, shotgun start, I would beat it by half the distance. I guarantee it. No. I would. No, you wouldn't. I sure would. I guarantee it. Why they don't, do you... they don't even. I bet you they don't even get up to to ten miles an hour until they're a hundred yards down down the field. No, dude. I mean, first of all, a buffalo also can jump over a fence, and if you can jump, jumping is related to explosive muscles. So that obviously means that they can start very quickly. If you can jump over a fence and you weigh fifteen hundred pounds, you can get going pretty quick. First off, where where I, I what kind of fence? Like my daughter's like preschool fence? No, I think we're talking about like a six foot high fence. Bullshit! I don't believe that one bit. Buffaloes are athletic, man. <laughs> First off, damn you for this whole conversation. Like, is this a for real segment? We're gonna start just start talking about random animals. I I would put a thousand dollars of your money on the line that a buffalo could not beat me running a forty backwards in dress shoes. No, dude, the buffalo would destroy you. What's no going on in your house right now? I'm hearing a phone ringing. Yeah, I don't know, it's my home phone. I don't know what you want me to do. Why do you still have a home phone? I, 100% my wife's idea, not my idea. You're not going to answer it? No, I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> I'm I'm on the on the WhatsApp with you. That's a good point. I feel like you should answer it and put him on the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, getting back to what you were saying, uh, I have plenty of ideas, the ones that I don't want to disclose yet uh, over the airwaves. Because I, I don't know if you realize this, but we're kind of big deals. Okay. All right, we'll save that for later. Let's get it. What Do you want to do your segment? Did you come up with a segment? Well... So it's not finished yet, but what I was what I was. So you should have just said no. Um, Let's get into our top five, which I believe top five technological innovations in the future that you are most looking forward to. And we're not talking about the obvious, really good stuff like curing all of diseases or things like that. We're talking about selfish things that only we want. Okay. Well, in no particular order, and I'm very excited to bring this one back up again. It's being able to breathe underwater. We can already breathe underwater with scuba gear. No, I mean like without scuba gear, like act like a fish. Like they put in some kind of mechanical implant in your body to where you can swim without needing any other equipment. I still feel like that is the dumbest thing because you're not able to move quickly through the water. So you would just be underwater like I'm going to go ahead and swim to Cuba and it's going to take you six years. You know, maybe they invent some kind of, of, of boat motor that attaches to your foot and can get you there in two hours. That's a little bit more legitimate, but I also feel like most of the ocean, if you knew a lot about the ocean like I do, is just open ocean. There's really nothing there. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're such, a, uh, such an oceanographer now. Well, it's a marine biologist. <laughs> what do you got? Um, I'm going to go, mine are largely Star Trek and Star Wars based. I'm going to go with that thing that you just tell it to make a food and it immediately makes it. I mean, once again, we kind of have that technology already. No, we don't. Yes, we do. I mean, you can, 
Have you ever been to a restaurant where you just type in on a screen, hey, I want to sub with this, blah, 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 and then you walk to the end of the line and it's there already? I both completely disagree and completely agree with you at the same time about whether or not we already have that technology. I mean, uh, now what would make that even better to me is if it was like telepathic to where you didn't have to do anything physically. You're just sitting there and you're like, man, I want a hot dog. And then a hot dog just like falls out of the sky. We would be, there would be no one under 700 pounds left in society. Well, if we're, uh, if we're not careful, there won't be here in about 40 years. Yeah, that's true. Um, what else you got? So <laughs> I didn't really stick to the realm of realistic possibilities. Okay, all right. And uh, Well, I did, but I didn't. But my, my second one would be being able to fly in your own, like, bubble capsule airplane. So it's basically like a bubble, like a personalized airplane that you just get into and you tell you know tell it to where you want to go, and then it just takes you there. Why couldn't you have just said flying car? Because I think we already have flying cars, right? Aren't there already prototypes? Yeah, but not really. I mean, that's like yes, it kind of works, but not not in any way that's actually practical. Like the like, have you ever seen the movie The Fifth Element? <laughs> yeah. Don't talk <laughs> to me about the Fifth Element, son. Don't talk to me about Lilu. You don't know about the bear sheriff, son. You don't know about the bear sheriff. You don't know where I've been. <laughs> don't even don't even try to act like you know anything about that movie. Do you know what the fifth element is, by the way? Yeah, sure do. What is it? Uh, I'm sorry, you're breaking up on me. Uh, what, what what did you say the fifth element was again, Nick? Do you really not know what the fifth element is in that movie? Oh, what well, it's it's that thing that they're that they're trying to get right. I forget. I don't. I don't. I forget the name of it. The fifth element is love. Yeah, that's what I said, love, but you were breaking up. You Call didn't know? You, did you really not know that that was what the fifth element was? Yeah, I said that, but my phone must It's this WhatsApp app bullshit. You didn't have any idea, did you? Why can't you just admit you didn't know the fifth element was love? No, I did know it. I just, it's this new app that you have me trying out. Like, if I would have just called you on my phone, it would have been fine. Okay. What's your, uh, oh, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Trash incinerator. Just something that you like. You put it down there, just completely burns it away right then and there. We have those. They're just in waste, like waste dumps. Yeah, but you've, it's not personalized to your home. I thought we were talking about technologies that did not exist. Well, they don't really exist. They do exist. They're just not personalized in-home trash incinerators yet. So then they don't exist. If it's not personalized in my house, then that technology doesn't exist yet. But the act of incinerating trash it, it already exists well you can already breathe underwater and you use that one all right touche touche <laughs> damn it i know logic strikes again <laughs> once again defeated by logic and rationality damn it. um what uh, else you got i have this is this is a necessarily technology though you would need technology to make it and that would be a pill that makes you insta-sober. So, so like an insta-sober pill. That's a great idea. Yeah, like, that's a great idea. Like you're just you're just going to town, you know, you're getting all jacked up, and you're like, oh, man, I got to be to work in three hours. Take the pill, and it's like, you know, 
all the alcohol just goes away. I would all I would also like a pill or health technology that where it could double your sleep. Like if you got two hours of sleep, it was really like you got four hours of sleep. God, that'd be amazing. Oh, we need to get on those last two. Those are the two most important ones I can think of. The next one that I have is a teleporter. Mm, I mean, sounds great, but in terms of physics, it can never happen in reality. Do you actually know that? Yeah, you, there's no way that you can break someone's body down and then move them thousands or whatever, miles, feet, whatever, parsecs away and then have them come and be whole again. There's absolutely no way you can do that. Well, matter can no longer be or matter cannot be created or destroyed. You could essentially just move the matter that the person is composed of to somewhere else. But then does that person's intellectual being just disappear? I feel like this is a little bit beyond our pay grade. <laughs> I was about to say, did we just sound like we may have actually been halfway intellectual? Briefly, briefly, but we should have messed up the word intellectual at the end of it to really to really seal in the fact that we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> How about we just put that one away for a while, and we'll revisit it in Podcast 38. So, teleporter, unclear if it's physically possible. Um, it, it, it is not physically possible, but maybe, maybe they can. Maybe someone can invent something that makes you able to teleport in a teleportation device. Agreed. Um, do you have any more? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I like took like a real. I don't know. Like I started thinking about actual technologies that would help humankind. Uh, so I I have things like. Being able, you know, like a technology to be able to make you see 2020 vision again. Well, glasses. No, I'm talking about like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, but like not with, without the assist of glasses. Contacts. contacts. I, did I beat you to contacts or did you beat me to it? I was mouth breathing, so I was taking a breath, so I think you beat me. <laughs> I would say that's a disadvantage of mouth breathing. I feel like it probably takes you a little bit longer to talk. <laughs> but but by the time it takes you to breathe in, you know you've already got your thought composed. So technically, it makes me smarter than people who aren't mouth breathers. Another good plus to mouth breathing: more time for thinking. I wonder if there's a mouth breathing expert that we can talk to, or like a mar- mouth breather support group. I think we should do some looking and seeing if we can find him. We're still looking for our fishologist, and I also desperately want to interview somebody from the movie Ski Lift Lift to Death. I am 100% sure that we can do both of those things. We'll work on it. Do you have what else do you have on your list cuz I don't have anything else? My top 5 didn't make it to 5. Shocker. <laughs> your top 5 made it to 3 and a half? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the best. So you went right to the finish line with the food thing. Like you just want something that makes food like right away. But like I have, I had like a couple more specific examples. Like I would love like an automatic shake maker that like I don't even have to like, it doesn't do it. It just pops up kind of thing. Do you enjoy shakes that much? I mean, I do like, who doesn't like a shake? And if you tell me you don't like shakes, you're a fucking liar. Do you like shakes more than you like malts? Because I don't know what the difference is, and I've been alive for thirty no plus idea years. What the difference is either. Couldn't even tell you. Do you think that you've ever had a shake, and it was actually a malt, and you didn't know the difference? That's a great question. I would assume so. 
What flavor shake you gonna go? Like, if there's any flavor available, like, which one would I go with? Yeah. Probably peanut butter banana. <laughs> I can already, I can just feel you judging me through the through the WhatsApp app. I just don't understand how you, chocolate isn't like. There's nothing better than chocolate. Chocolate peanut butter banana. That's fine. But the fact that you leave chocolate out basically is just saying I don't want this to taste good. See, like that could have been a great like random fire question: chocolate, strawberry, or vanilla. Which one are you going with? I am firmly of the belief that vanilla is for boring people, chocolate is for normal people, strawberry is for perverts. <laughs> wow! I mean, <laughs> have you you said that before? I assume. Yeah, that's the literally. I've got it tattooed on my back. <laughs> well, you got a lot of things tattooed on your back. You, Hey-o. Hey-o. you, you find you find me a person that gets straight strawberry anything. I'm going to show you to someone that needs to be investigated by the law. Do you have any other ones? <laughs> so I, 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 I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to say this one. Uh, because I didn't know, like, if we were going to be joke, joking about this top five or half serious. Are you about to go sex robot? <laughs> an element of the sex robot. What do you Strictly mean? Strictly for males only. Why does it only have to be for males only? Because I'm a male. I mean, what, what, I mean, that's what I was thinking about. But why can't they make it for women, too? I mean, sure, you know, let's not be sexist, but I, I mean, you asked me to create a top five, so I created my top five. So what is the specific thing? <laughs> An automatic, you know, uh, you know, that thing. <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud anymore. Now it's gotten completely awkward. Well, I don't know why you have to be so ashamed of it. I mean, it's not like, look, everybody's, we're all humans. We all got the same needs. <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe your dominatrix friend can come on and explain more about it. I don't know. She was fired up at you the other day, by the way. <laughs> so you're no, basically I, I what you're saying money. is that hey-o. there's a lot of hey-o's going on. Is that going to be your new thing? How long are we going to have to put up with that? Uh, it, it all depends on our response. Okay. <laughs> if people love it, then I'll keep it around for the people because I'm a man of the people. I feel like people are not going to love the hey all the time. <laughs> then you know what? They can go fuck themselves. All right. They're spoken like a man of the people. <laughs> a current, our current environment lets me do that. Okay. So basically you have sex, robot. You know what? I, I don't have any others. I didn't go in that direction, but you get down how you get down if that's what you're looking for. I mean, listen, everyone can benefit from a little sex robot every now and again. I don't disagree with you. I would have to say, yeah, that's probably, I think, I actually think that everyone would agree with that statement. Yeah, and, I, yeah, I don't, there's going to be people that will absolutely deny this, but everybody at some point in your life would appreciate a sex robot. I, I would agree with you in the sense that if you were to just drop off a free sex robot at somebody's house, there is absolutely no chance that whoever that person is, whatever sex that person is, would not use that sex robot. I don't believe you at all. Yeah, I, I don't buy that either. I don't, yeah, I don't care what sexual orientation you are. If you're gay, straight, I, like, it doesn't matter. If someone wants to drop a sex robot off and, and just, you, just randomly at your house, 
Are you telling me you're not going to even inquire about it even a little bit? Anybody who says, no, they wouldn't, that person is a liar. Did you know that a bison, you can tell its mood by looking at its tail, much like a dog? What? I, I've never, ever, I don't think I've ever talked about bison anymore, nor could I care any less. I've been looking up some good buffalo facts, and I'm pretty impressed with the animal, I have to say. So that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. Again, I want to thank Lily Allegro so much for joining us. I thought it was a fascinating and really interesting conversation. Also, there is no way, there is absolutely no way that John could outrun a buffalo in a 40-yard dash. I'm going to go ahead and say that he would hit about the 15-yard dash by the time the buffalo hit 40. Because there is one thing, there is one thing in all the years that I have known John that you cannot say about him. He is not an athlete. And he's never been an athlete, and he never will be an athlete. The buffalo would destroy him. I'm really looking forward. I'm really looking forward to see what these segment ideas that he's going to go ahead and have coming up on our next episode. That's going to be our 20th episode, I think. So we're going to try we're going to try to do something a little bit more special, I think for that. We want to go ahead and bring in some listeners. So if you want to be on the show, go ahead, send us a contact. You can get at us through get at us. I'm sorry. I didn't I I know, I apologize for saying get at us. You can contact us either through our website, profoundlypointless.com, or on any of our social media accounts. It's Profoundly Pointless. We're on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter as well. We want to hear what you guys have to say, We even if it's bad. We always enjoy hearing about that. And we're also going to debut on the next episode. I think we're going to bring out our new ending. 